I um I will admit that my tone was Well, he sounded angry at me. I sounded angry. We'll just put it we'll we'll just be uh, obvious about the answer here. He sounded angry with me and he would not he would he just every time I tried to move or do anything, he would tell me to stop moving, don't do anything. Sit on the bed. Sit on the bed. Knock it and, off. And I was trying to ask why? What what Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode... No, 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 I'm going to do it. Why I yelled at my wife because I care about you so much. That's the title. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense, but it will in about... 10 minutes after you get through this podcast episode and we explain what's happened and why you yelled why I yelled at you yeah (laughs) okay here we go you know it's really funny Mm. you got all pretty and decked out for our video here Mm -hmm. my hair is like I got bedhead (laughs) I, I didn't yeah. really do a whole lot except for look stunning. Put my hair up. Honey, put you a look, red shirt on. You look beautiful. Thanks. How you feeling this morning, darling? Mm, tired and tired. <sighs> I don't know. You might hear it in my wife's voice this morning. She's actually not feeling that good. Um, a little update here. Um, what is today? Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Um, Monday, Monday night. night. No, today's Thursday. Yeah, you're right. Today is Thursday. We're a little behind. Yeah, we are. We lost a day. Uh, on Monday night, uh, Shannon actually uh, ended up in the emergency, emergency room, room. Uh, because of some heart issues. Uh, she's had a couple kind of odd episodes over the last year or so, and this time we ended up in the emergency room, and they uh, confirmed that she actually has some AFib going on with her heart, as well as a super rapid heart rate when that happens, like in the 170s, 190s for a sustained period of time, like three hours. Not a good thing Almost four. <clears throat> for those who are um, aware of medical stuff, for the nurses and doctors and EMTs and everyone else out there listening. That's a bad thing. So we yeah. found out that Shannon has a... Heart condition. Have a heart condition. Well, we're... we're <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm convinced yet, but we have to see a cardiologist. So I'm sure that that, that will seal the deal but until then i'm not ready to accept that denial is a lovely state to live in apparently (laughs) if you have to see a cardiologist you have a heart condition that's that's how it works see if we can get us closer here well my dad had to see a cardiologist and he said what are you doing here so (laughs) that's what i'm hoping for too yeah um anyway again denial lovely state to live in uh, but that was a scary, scary little experience to go through on yeah. Monday night, right? Yeah. Um, and the reason we're doing this podcast about it is um, because, uh, for a couple of reasons. One is we want to kind of debrief what that experience was like for us and how we treated each other in the midst of that experience. Um, because heightened experiences when there's a lot of fear, discomfort, 
um, unknown, um, surprise, scary, all these kind of uh, strong emotions that go through um, can really, really affect how you a husband treat and each wife other treat each other or behave. And I was a good and loving <laughs> husband inside. Inside. <laughs> My my fear and abject terror and panic came out very differently. It did. It um, really did. And so we know that other couples out there who are in high stress situations that are often um, wrapped in fear or discomfort or surprise, uh, these things might happen. So we're hoping that other couples can kind of learn from this as as they kind of step into these things. Yeah. Um. Again, for, for AFib to happen, um, for Shannon, all that requires is for her to be sitting on the bed working on her computer because we were actually supposed to be today, we're supposed to be traveling in, in Canada right now, yeah. um, just taking a little vacation. Um, and so we were looking up schedules and ferry schedules and you know where we're staying and things like that. And so all, all she was doing was sit on the bed uh, working on her computer. And halfway through the conversation, you turned to me and said what? I, I said, just so you know, my heart is feeling a little wonky. It was it was beating a little irregular and um, a little poundy-ish, yeah. but and not anything that I was concerned about nope. at the moment. Nope. And, um, and then she gets up and she goes into the kitchen. And, and washes to, a couple of dishes. She's going to wash a couple of dishes and then and come, come on back. Bed. And she walks back into the bedroom white as a sheet and just kind of flops down on the bed and she says I almost passed out while doing the dishes yeah and because this has happened once before or actually a couple times before um well Amazon has the answers to everything and I (laughs) bought a stethoscope we have a stethoscope uh so I, I I get that out of the drawer and I listen to her heart and it is playing a samba it is just going crazy and at that moment I say, honey, we're going to the doctor. We're going to the emergency room. That's not quite how I said it, but that's pretty close. (laughs) Um, How did I say it? (laughs) Well, we'll let that one slide. But I was I was glad that you said that we were going because I was um, at that point. I was like, we got to make this stop because this does not feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So and. But it was after after you said that 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 was. we were in home clothes. We weren't dressed to go out for the no. evening. So I start getting dressed, throwing the shoes and socks on and long pants on. It's cold and wet here in the Pacific Northwest. And I try and to get she up. She starts to stand up and tries to get dressed. Yeah. And, and I he kindly and gently. Very strongly told me to sit back down and not to move. And I was like, am I in trouble? What What is going on here? And... I um I will admit that my tone was Well, he sounded angry at me. I sounded angry. We'll just put it we'll we'll just be uh, obvious about the answer here. He <clears throat> sounded angry with me and he would not he would he just every time I tried to move or do anything, he would tell me to stop moving, don't do anything. Sit on the bed. Sit on the bed. Knock it and, off. And I was trying to ask why? What what it, she had just about passed out in the kitchen. Now she wants to get up and start doing all the stuff around the bedroom. And I've heard her heart. I've heard how crazy beating it is and how wonky it's going. And so I am going, you're not moving. Okay. Internally, I'm going, you're not going to get up and do anything until I can hold your hand and keep you from falling over till we can get you to the car, till we can get you to the hospital. 
uh, stop getting up, stop trying to do something because you need to be cared for. You need help. You need to be um, supported in some way. You can't do this on your own. I'm glad you said that because that is actually what was, there were a few things that, that were being communicated to me, not the loving, caring part. Although, because I know you and I know that when you're worried or you have fear, it comes out in very strong. Yeah. But I was also in a state of emotional distress and physical distress. Yes. But I also know my body. Yes. And you were communicating to me that I am not capable of doing things, of not understanding whether I was capable of getting up and putting on my socks or whatever. And it also was communicating to me, and this is just because of me and who I am and my bags of crazy, that I was in trouble. And and I'm thinking, well, I know I should tell him, but he's mad at me now. And why is he mad at me? What did I do wrong? So it was a, a whole slew of things that was that was being communicated, not intentionally, but because of my own stuff and my own filters. Yeah. But one of the principles that we talk about is um, strong emotions come out differently between men and women. For yeah. a lot of women, strong emotions come out through tears. Tears. And that's not negative emotions, it's strong emotions. Just, you meet a long lost friend that you haven't seen in a long time. And you cry about it. You start it. crying about it. Something wonderful and happy happens. And you cry, you cry about, about it. it. Uh, you get your feelings hurt. You cry about it. Right. For men, strong emotions, um, including fear, Um, panic, a worry come out usually through anger uh, or intensity in some way. I actually wasn't angry at my wife. No. Yeah, I I take that back. (laughs) The minute you try to get up and start walking around the bedroom, I was mad at you. Yeah, I didn't even get a chance to get walk around. I just got a chance to lean forward like I was going to get up. Yes, I was angry because you weren't letting me take care of you in the way that I was thinking you need to be taken care of because you had just about passed out and and I didn't want that to happen again. Um, and so my my fear, which was it was abject fear. I, I my wife is not in a good physical state right now. Um, and I want to make sure I'm taking care of you to the best of my ability. But it comes out as very intense, very angry, very pointed, very not polite at times. Yeah. And so anyway, we we get dressed. Get dressed. And then he will not let me walk anywhere by myself. And I was so confused by that until we got to like down the steps, out the door. He's holding my hand. He's not letting me do anything on my own. Nope. Uh, and until we got to the car and I finally asked the right question to get to get an answer of like, I don't remember what that question was. Do you? Mm-mm. But I finally found the right question to ask him. He said, I'm just worried about you and I don't want you to fall down and pass out or die before we get to the hospital. And I was like, oh, he's afraid. OK, I get it. So this has nothing to do with what he thinks or how he views me or any of that. This is all about his fear. And then I was fine with him being mad at, sounding mad at me, not being mad at me, but yeah. fine with with the strong emotions that he had. And and then I was able to kind of crack jokes about it, even in my state of distress. So What's so ironic about all of this is um, all of my really bad... Hold on a second, our garbage truck's here. 
Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's funny that he saw us. Yeah. That's because there's no railing on yeah. the deck, so. What's so ironic about this entire kind of situation is um, I wanted to communicate care to my wife. I wanted to communicate that I am thinking about you, that I want to take care of you, that I don't want anything bad to happen to you. And yet the execution, the way I actually <laughs> communicated it was the exact opposite. Yeah. My execution was bad. But to be honest, I don't know of any other way that I probably would have or even could have responded in that moment because I was purely and completely in my survival brain. Yeah. I was in that I want to make sure I'm doing something that's going to make sure that my wife doesn't get injured or hurt or she's taken care of the best way possible. Once we got into the truck, we actually I ran all the red lights to get her to the hospital and they got her checked in and we were there for several hours while they ran all the tests and confirmed all this stuff that was happening to her. Um, the rules didn't matter at that point. I don't care about red lights. I don't care about, you know, anything like that. I just want to get my wife safe and secure and make sure nothing bad is happening to her. Yeah. But again, it's just so ironic that it comes across sometimes as hurtful. I'm trying to take care of you and I'm hurting you to do it. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make no sense. Right. But when you're operating from that fear place, when you're operating from that that terror place, when you're worried that the love of your life is there's something wrong with her and and you've got to get it fixed or get her to the person who can get it fixed as quickly right. as possible, um, you you send mixed messages. If I had not been in a distressed place myself, I would have been able to see, oh, this is not typical behavior for Paul. Yeah. He's not typically so strong and angry feeling about things. There must be something else going on. Right. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have been questioning my own self. But that's a great point. You were in your own emotionally distressed state. Yes. And so it's hard to get into that kind of objective evaluation kind of mindset, right. which which makes you kind of step back and see the situation more rationally or more accurately. You're responding from an emotional state and I'm responding from an emotional right. state. And that's what causes fireworks. That's what causes right. conflict and tension and stress between the two of us. Well, I, I think I think because and, and this is why I'm so thankful that that we have learned these tools, yeah. because I think that even though I was in the distressed place and even though I was uh feeling um, those things like that you didn't think I was capable mm -hmm. and those things were running through my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was still a piece of me going, there's something not quite right about this. I couldn't have verbalized it. I didn't know what it was to be able to actually say, hey, honey, uh, you, are you, you must be really worried right now. I didn't right. have that running in the forefront where I could actually pull that out. But I think that it was that script was running in there somewhere yeah. Yeah. because I didn't lash back out at no. you. I didn't get frustrated no. with you and I didn't respond poorly back. Right. And I was able to find the question to figure out what was going on with you. Why? Yeah. Why were you telling me what I need to do every second, every right. step of the way? So. Right. Um, so I'm so thankful that we have these tools yeah. and that we use them and that we've been practicing them because even in a situation like this and where I was under, I personally was under a ton of distress. Yeah. 
um, it still was there. It was still underlying, and it allowed me to not escalate this the situation between us yeah. that really wasn't there but felt like it could have been there. And that, hap- that happens so often amongst couples where one person's emotional reactivity triggers the other person's emotional right. reaction. You're reactive versus proactive. Right. You're, you're just responding to the situation rather than making good, wise choices long term. Right. So, so my <clears throat> point is that for those of you who are just starting to learn this stuff, there's hope. And yeah. the more you the more you hear it, the more you practice it, the and you're not good at it when you start out with and sometimes we're not good at it. No. We've been using it a long time. But once you're aware of it, it's in there. It's in your brain and yep. it's underlying and it's and it will come to the surface eventually and you will get good at it. Yeah. Um, Muscle memory. Yeah. You don't have so. to think about it. You don't have to go back and read a book or kind of go through your notes. You'll just you've practiced it enough so that you can use it in the times when you are under stress. Yeah. That's actually how they do a lot of training for people who have high stress jobs like EMTs and nurses and doctors and military and things like that. You just practice and practice and practice until you know the right thing to do. It doesn't matter the emotional situation that's happening around you. For those who are wondering, Shannon is actually doing okay at the moment. She's actually on some new medication, which actually slows her heart rate down, which actually now makes her feel sluggish, and it's going to take a while for her body to acclimate to some of that. So it's kind of a new reality that we are facing as a couple and decisions to be made around that. She also has some really strong feelings of frustration and disappointment. Yeah, it's... it's. Um, we'll talk about those later. Yeah. That's, that's a whole podcast episode right Something. there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll find out the extent or whatever it is yeah. eventually yeah. when sometime, so. sometime, but, but not happy, Bob. No, not, not happy. That's okay. Um, I think we're just going to leave it there then. I think there's, but, but. We're still doing our marriage cruise in, oh. in, in April. so <laughs> For the you... important things here. <laughs> For the important things. What are we still doing in April? We're still doing our marriage cruise in April. So if you guys want to come with us, you can go to securemarriage.com slash cruise. Mm-hmm. And all the information is there. It's going to be an amazing time. You're all worried about if I don't get to go on a cruise. What's the point of living? <laughs> So, yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah. We're leaving in April out of Galveston, Texas, Texas. for seven days. Uh, and we're going to have uh, marriage workshops and lots and lots of free time to spend with your spouse. Uh, also, if you want to do some one-on-one time with us, we make that uh, time available so that we can get to know you guys a little bit better and help you work through whatever it is that you want to work on in your marriage so you can have a healthier and happier and better relationship long-term. Yeah. Other than that? Other than that, I think that's it. Let's be done there. Okay. Okay. The cruise is still happening. It's okay. (laughs) It's all right, darling. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.